Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Bobby Lobos. And I'm Danielle. Hey, you damn guys. It's comic book time. Comic book time. We're reading comics. We're talking to all our friends. And I'm going to let Aubrey tell you all about it. All right. What? So here's what we How do. How dare you? <laughs> you sound First, a little hoarse today. That's you sound, my job. You, you <laughs> Listen to your voice. And a little horse is called a pony. Thank oh. you very much. That's a good one. Yes, I'm, I'm I'm throwing it to Aubrey this week. You should you should be thankful. You always groan. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey's time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to read a story. Then we're going to read a story. No, we're going to read a story, then you're going to read a story, and then we're going to talk about that story, and then you're going to write into us, tell us about that story. And What's that called, uh, Aubrey? You know so uh, that's much. That's called the Hey You Damn Guys. Oh, he's right. Uh, he's right. And then, like, you know, once we get that going, it's going to be a book club because that's what this is. This is a book club, and it's all about friendship and love and hey, you damn guys. Ultimately, that is what it is about. Very good, yeah. You're so good at that, Ari. Maybe you should just do that every time. You did a great job. Right. Thank you. And uh, back, to, back to our podcast god. <laughs> we don't oh, believe in gods over here. No, that's a... Uh... That's great. Uh, you can be well, the boss, though. Aubrey's referencing um, an awesome interview that I did. I was on a thing. Yes, you were on a thing. Yes, not it was only so awesome. not not only a thing. I was on the Letter Hack. Yes, on, on his YouTube channel. Check it out. I'll link it in the show notes. We had a great interview. It was really great. Yeah. It was so much fun. Matt did a sketch of me. A very wide um, sketch. A very well, I'm a wide boy. He said, "You're gonna look like a Batman the Animated Series yes, character." Yes, yeah, that was great. Uh, no, yeah, 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 for sure. So he was like, "It's all kind of in that." Style. Very Bruce Tim. So I was like, "Cool." Okay. I was like, "I love that." So and he put a Hellboy shirt on me yeah. and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, we had a lot of fun in that interview. Uh, so How did it feel to be Bruce Timified? It was awesome. It was so great and wa- watching Matt do it while I'm like just rambling and talking i mean it was really cool um it was a, that lot was a of fun, fun interview thanks matt it was also fun watching it because like in the live chat there was matt was there hayden was there other book club members i can't remember the guy's name it's like e bronson or something like that. yeah i was gonna also shout out e bronson e bronson okay. book club member yes if yes. we're saying your name wrong we're sorry yeah so it was a lot of fun and um I may have mentioned that we, uh, you, you and I, John, we did write a zombie screenplay together one time. Oh, we did talk about that because Matt was saying you should write a comic, and I was like, I don't really have any ideas. Yes, that is a thing that happened. Uh, we can talk about this a little bit, but uh, me, Aubrey, and uh, one of our friends, uh, we wrote a zombie screenplay. We wrote like a zombie screenplay, and it was just about like smart zombies. So like yeah. they were like undead, but they weren't all brains. Like they had more, more like a zombie. Skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, something from the creator that we're about to read today. So that that's exactly what happened. Is like we got really excited about it, and then like that was right before all the zombie shit yeah. hit. I mean, there was oh, yeah. there was like um, Shaun of the Dead, fucking Thirty Day, or what is it? Um, I don't know. What are you looking at me for? 30 days, 28 days no. later, then there was like, I zombie. I mean, it was everything. Zombieland, everything came out. Zombies, Walking Dead, all that stuff. Like, all that stuff hit, like, right after we were, like, thinking. It was weird. It was weird. It was, like, in the zeitgeist or something. Everybody was thinking about it. But we were way well, behind everybody else. Right. You know, because. Well, I mean, I mean we did kind of hammer out the story in, like, 2009. So. I guess everybody else had been doing the same thing about the same time. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think unless it's absolutely exceptional, it's not going to really make 
an impact. So like you can still do creative shit with like zombie material, but it has to absolutely be something that people haven't fucking seen before. It has to be more about the characters than anything yeah, else. That yeah. kind of stuff. Like it has to be more about you have to really care about what's going on. And so I think that that the more that it becomes saturated, the, the less people are inclined to care. Yeah, exactly. So it's got to be it's got to have some sort of angle on it that is exceptional in some way or that really makes you care about it um, aside from the fact that it's set in right. the zombie world. It, the thing is, it's like it was going to be, we were going to try to film it for YouTube and um, film it around Houston and get like Houston zombies. But then we ran into logistical problems about like, wait, we don't actually have any cameras or makeup techniques or <laughs> no any actors. <laughs> yeah. So we started thinking about all of that, but it, I don't know. It just didn't seem very, when you look at everything else that was being done, it was like, ah, eh, this is not, well, I'm not going to pour all my time into no. this. Maybe I'll just well, start a be, podcast instead. Uh -huh. something like to, that, be, right? to, be, to be honest, it was actually more fun coming up with the idea with you and our friend. Uh, so it was an excuse to hang out. Yeah. I just play D&D. So. &D. Just like do that. Just make yeah. a zombie D&D, &D. like play that and yeah. you can, you can do that. Anyway. Yeah. Would you have sweeted it? Would you have gotten like cardboard props and ketchup packets see that would have been a cool way to do funny. it yeah. we wanted to actually learn how to do like makeup see, stuff but you then know what like I mean? but if you can't yeah. get professional effects and stuff and you try to make it look for real i don't know i feel like do it like goofy with the stuff that you have and make it sincere that way like everything everyone's sincere nobody notices yeah that, that would have been fucked a, that, up like that would have been idea. an interesting angle yeah, on it. there you go good stuff uh thanks for yeah. bringing that up aubrey yeah that was uh, fun stuff all right, but yes, uh, thank you again, Matt, for having me on. Check out, he's doing a series of interviews all month, and then at the end he's going to make a big compilation with all the drawings that he's been making. So um, definitely oh, check cool. that out. There's a lot of great interviews going on on his channel. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. It's listener feedback. <laughs> Get out, dreams and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along time. Get out. The old feedback. The old feedback. We got a Hate You Damn Guys from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Book club member. Hayden Orr says, Great episode, you damn guys. I'm cautiously excited about the new Hellboy movie and interested at the casting of Jack Kesey. I don't know. Yeah, Jack Kesey. 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 I don't know how you say his name. Something. Like John said, I'm going to see it regardless, probably several times. Because I'm a fanboy. No, he says, because even if it isn't something I, I like, I want to support this so we can get more in the future. That is a great point. Yes. On the subject of the Del Toro uh, HB3, though, I wouldn't mind if that got turned into a graphic novel or limited comic series like Dark Horse did with the original scripts for Alien, Alien 3, and Predator. That's a great idea. I think that'd be a cool idea and all that. And Guillermo Del Toro even talked about that, but Mike Mignola came out and said no. Oh, I see. Okay. We're not okay. getting that. Yeah, we're not doing that then. I'm interested in knowing how he would have ended things, but I don't want an actual movie at this point. Everyone's too old to be doing an action-y movie like Hellboy, and it's past the point of no return for something like that. Maybe they could do it as an animated movie with the actors voicing their characters. Hey. That's also idea? a great yeah. idea, yes. I think that's a great idea. Either way, it would be interesting to see, and I don't think it would be too confusing to have a separate con continuity thing happening at the same time, since the MCU and DCEU are doing that sort of thing now. On Baltimore, though, Mignola has a thing for characters who are yearning to live their lives how they want, but are either forced into or goaded into being heroes or monster hunters by fate or a higher power, which is an interesting type of character, so I can't blame him for it. 
Also, since Baltimore is British, he wouldn't say bro. He'd be saying bruv. That is a great point. <laughs> While paddling around with a captain. My bruv. Oh, I came for my bruv. <laughs> man, uh, you missed out on some great bruv talk last week. Oh, man. And you know, that's my favorite kind of talk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hayden. You know, there has been even more casting news. I think I want to save our discussion on the uh, We're gonna... on the Hellboy movie for next yeah. week when we go back to the Hellboy book club. Because we're going to find out even more, I bet, by the, by then. So... Um, I figured just save it, but I am excited for this guy. You know, I watched like a, there was some behind the scenes interview of him talking about some role that he played on some movie or TV show. And like, I got a good feeling out of it. Like his voice seems pretty good. And, you know, I was like, all right, I I think this will be pretty cool. So, um, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I know, I guess I've seen him in a movie because they said he was in Deadpool too, but I had no idea who he is. Oh, he was uh, in Yellowstone, wasn't he? Um, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that show. Uh, no, Yellowstone. The, the the other guy. The, oh, the other guy's in Yellowstone. Okay, I'm got. I've got no, people confused. No, he's uh, Aubrey. He's Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. I barely, I barely remember him from the movie. Yeah. I've got everyone all mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I barely remember Black Tom Cassidy, the character. <laughs> Black Tom Cassidy. White Wade Wilson. What's your superpower? cultural appropriation so i'm not gonna go looking to see i'm just gonna wait to see the. i'm waiting for the first trailer sure okay okay yes. very good we also heard from joe delegata joe delegata book club member yes so uh when we read the baltimore book they have those illustrations by mignola throughout and so the, the first one i think shows like a town or a castle and joe has that one Oh, I thought oh, that was wow. pretty cool, awesome. yeah. And he shared an image of it on Twitter, so I retweeted that. Go ahead and check it out on our feed there. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. That's right. Yes, he said, dang, I keep remembering Groundhog Day type things. I won't say too much about it to avoid spoilers, but the show The Good Place has some time loop elements. I highly recommend the show. Okay. It's really well written and very funny. That's the one with... um. What's Ted Danson. Ted Danson in it, right? We started watching that, I oh, think. Oh, did we? Yeah. And Kristen Bell. Yes. Very yeah. Good. I like her. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Ooh, Mark, book club member. Yes. Check him out at multiversity.com. I'll link that in the show notes as well. He said, okay, I'm catching up now. I agree. The menu was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got right? A, I got a major craving for a cheeseburger, though. Okay. Yes. yes. So did yeah. we. We had cheeseburgers <laughs> after that movie. For sure. Yes. Man. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. What do you see? What do you say? I don't know. What Have we watched anything? What do we see? What do we say, John? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've been consuming. Oh, I caught up on Saga. I caught up on issues of Saga. Um, Danielle went and picked up my comics I, the other I day. I picked up your box, yeah. Um, I read something else, too. Saga is really good. Saga is really good. I'm just going to, yeah. It's worth, like, I don't know. For all the heartbreak and everything, like, the 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 redeeming qualities are when it comes back around are very satisfying. Well, I'm continuing to watch all that great YouTube stuff. But uh, I started rewatching a movie called Noises Off that I, came out in, like, the early 90s. Okay. Uh, it's got uh, Michael Caine, Carol Burnett. It's got who? Christopher Reeve. Michael King, Carol Burnett, Christopher Reeves, Dolham Elliott, you know, uh, Marcus Brody from the Indiana Jones movies, John Ritter, and a bunch of other fucking people in it. Uh, I was trying to get you to say Michael Caine's name the way that he says it. Michael Caine. 
Michael Caine. Michael anyway. Oh, yeah, everyone everybody. I, I can do it. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah. Hello, my name is Michael Caine. And he's wearing an ascot in that movie. Uh, but it's like uh, a movie about, it's about a bunch of actors doing a stage play and they're trying to do the rehearsal, but then like they're, it's always like they're stopping and then they're going down to character. And it's just, we were talking about it last night with the family and I was like, man, I haven't seen the movie forever. I'm going to watch it again. Nice, nice. Okay, would you recommend it to other people? Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you if you like that kind of like movie that's a play turned into a, a play that's turned into a movie, but they really keep the play elements into it. Oh, okay. Suppose I burnt that letter to spare you both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sometimes um, you put a coat on us. But you boy. also you get to see Alfred and Superman in the same movie. Ah, I love it. I love doing that when I'm watching a movie and I go, look, it's, I can't even make a, it's Deadpool, Wonder Woman, and Black Adam, or whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> Your brain's been melted. <laughs> that movie was on one day when I watched it. <laughs> oh, no. That is one of those on movies. Oh, anyway. No. Uh, now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. I'll never watch it, John. And this week we're talking about Silver Surfer, Citizen of Earth. This is, uh, we're continuing our discussion of the Silver Surfer series by Dan Slott and Mike Alred. These issues were published from January to March 2016, and it was renumbered here, because I think it was part of Marvel Now, or Secret Wars had just ended, and everything was all different, or something like boo, that. Boo, boo, well, when they do Secret that. Wars, Secret Wars ended, and they relaunched everything. Yeah, exactly. Boo. Uh, it's really good. What are you talking? What are you booing? That I'm booing when they do a thing where they relaunch and stuff, and it gets all co complicated and confusing. Sometimes it's fine though. Okay. Sometimes it's just fine. Fine then. <laughs> Gosh. This is comics we're talking about. It's gonna happen all the time. This is written by Dan Slott and Michael Alred. Art by Mike Alred. Colors by Laura Alred. And letters by VCs Joe Sabino. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that before. Uh, but he's a, he does a great lettering job on this series. But uh, coming back around to what you're talking about, when they jumbled everything and make it all different again, they didn't do that with this title though. This title just continued on, except Yay, they got renumbered. That's so that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, like Mike Howard and Dan Slott must have had some clout where they were like, okay, but when Secret Wars ends, like I don't want to have to. We're just going to keep going, and they were like, all right. So uh, I want to talk about the cover, Name obviously. all the things that you see. Oh, man. I I didn't even try listing everything that's in here. Cyclops's visor. The yeah. Eye of Agamotto. The Infinity Gauntlet. The Ultimate Nullifier. Those are both in there. Um, and then there's also just a bunch of random things like a drum and a piano, Jack in the Box. You remember those bugs that you would put together? These guys? Do you remember that? It was a toy. Oh, yeah. These little bugs right here. Like, there's a lot of toys in here, too. It's really interesting. I guess wonder if this has to do with, like, Dawn's toys or her childhood, because we see that monkey in there, too, that was referenced in those early Yeah, issues. and there's a lot of, like, old school stuff. Well, there's some guitars, several guitars. Three guitars. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Mike Alred is a huge uh, music fan, and he's a musician himself. He did the title Red Rocket 7, which is about a guitar player, and it, it says Alred on one of the guitars. Do you see the, uh, it's right above Silver Surfer's uh, calf? Yeah. It's like a pot with eyeballs on yeah, it. Yeah, I see that. Do y'all know what that is? No. no what, what is, is that? that? That is for Bushman. John, I'm texting you a picture right now. Okay. Oh, this sounds familiar. I see a magic eight ball troll dolls. There's the phone with the face. There's the um, etch a sketch. There's the. Um, 
Yeah, the a thing lot of those that are those you, old school toys. The thing that you look into to see stuff, Viewmaster. Wow, I do remember this. What is that? Let me see. Oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> That's nuts. What a great catch, Good catch. <laughs> Very good, yeah. So goofy. Let us know what obscure Easter eggs you, you like see in there. Tinker toys, skateboard. Yeah, some of these are like really inside baseball. There's some more of that in these issues. Is that a silly putty egg? Top left. It also looks like one of those old school like Fisher Price projector movie things. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah. Sorry, I can't stop looking at I stuff. know. There's so many things. There's so there's many Gumby. There, there's like, it's like a, off a brand Gumby. Gumby. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Make, <laughs> they smush together Gumby and the horse Gumby. Don't at me. Oh, Pokey. No. Pokey. Oh, there's like Ooh. a Mars attacks. Did you see that? Where? Oh yeah, look at that. Okay, so you see the red cowboy hat? Yeah. Okay, right above that is that thing that looks kind of like a salt shaker, maybe, or a thimble. I'm pretty sure that's a Dalek. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. It looks like a Dalek. Okay, well, cool. never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of those those uh, water-drinking birds. Yeah. He got Homer in trouble because he fell over. and then the Oh, that's man, right. That exploded. Great, yeah. Oh, there's a kaleidoscope. Fucking pumpkin bombs. Yeah, pumpkin bombs. What's the barrel this, of monkeys. Um, Aubrey, what is this thing? Uh, you see, like, the um, the rocking horse, the red one? Right under it, there's this, like, gold. Oh, that's with... a... Um... What is that? Oh, that's, that's the thing that the guy has when he... Oh, what the fuck is it? That is, like, a scepter of some sort. Yeah. It looks familiar. I don't know what from what. Anyway, let us know. It it does look familiar. It does. It does. It does. All right. So we open on planet Earth where anything is possible. Oh, Thor's hammer. Did we yeah. Say that? Okay, anyway. Oh, I, I thought we said Mjolnir. Yeah. We'll get letters. The kitchen sink. The kitchen sink is in there because you have to have everything in the kitchen sink. That's And a little red wagon. Okay, I'll stop. We open on planet Earth where anything is possible. We see Dawn's father and her sister Eve. Her dad thinks every shooting star is her. Eve says to stop wishing. That's not Dawn. She also says, stop checking the news for her. They won't know either. And he's like, well, I'm going to check anyway. And just then, there's a local broadcast that's cut off by an alien transmission. The whole world is watching. Even President Obama. Mm. What do you think about that? I think he's a war criminal, like every president, <laughs> like every single president. It was good to see him in the comic. I was like, hey, it's Obama. So these aliens are the Hordax, and they vow to plunder Earth's greatest resource. Just as the alien is wrapping up his threat on the transmission, we see Silver Surfer and Dawn blast their way into the ship. And uh, I love this. Dawn goes straight for the camera that they're making their threat on. There it is, Dawn, as my cosmic sense is detected. Go ahead. Um, is this thing on? Hi, sorry about this. We saw that these guys were um, transmitting to Earth. So I don't have a phone with me or anything. I'd call and say, hi, dad. Hi, Eve. Just want to let you know, uh, Surfer and I are heading back to Cape Cod. So I'll be home soon. Yay. Uh, uh, well, that's all. We sh uh, should see you both in about three Earth days. Till then, kisses. <laughs> in the background, the alien. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> this huge battle is taking place. These cosmic blasts everywhere. All this amazing posing. Yeah, and it's really cool. While she's having these, this conversation. These guys are like tumbling around. Their legs all akimbo. But just think... then she was chastising her dad like, hey, she's not going to be on TV. Stop looking at the TV. She's not going to contact yes. you. And then that's like the very next thing that happens. I, that's what I think is so funny about this scene is like it reinforces him 
constantly wishing for her and yes. looking at the TV. Now he'll keep doing it because it's already happened. It never hurts to check. Anyway, that is so funny. I love all this. In the aftermath, Don and Surfer go on their way, but in the ship, one of the Hordax calls for reinforcements using this green glowing orb. Don and Surfer return to Earth and to Anchor Bay. And I like this nice detail of the reflection of Earth on Surfer's body. It kind of reminds me of, remember when he had magic television abs in one of those horrendous movies? Oh, in Rise of the Silver Surfer. You're right. He could like, it was like that Krypton (laughs) effect, but he could do it on his chest, on his, on his, and his six pack. Magic storytelling abs, TV abs. Why not? Check out my fabulous abs while you want to learn my history. Yes, Just exactly. What? That's a direct quote from the movie. Yeah. Just project it into the air or whatever. Or oh. like grab her like my, or I guess he couldn't grab because his hands were. Have her close her eyes and like we kind of zoom in on her forehead and a big white light appears. Like, okay, now we're in her mind and she's seeing all the stuff in her oh, mind. And right. then it zooms back out of her face and she's like, whoa, I saw all of that in my mind. <laughs> no, it's on the abs. <laughs> Oh, we're going to talk more about Hot Silver Surfer. Oh, yeah. This. You know it. When Don and Eve see each other, they both say, Ah, your hair. I love it. The surfer is like, How did you do that? We were off in deep space for months. Don says it's because they're twins and they're in sync about everything. Everything, the surfer asks, pointing to Eve. She's pregnant and married. Don starts to realize all the holidays and special events that she's missed while they've been away. New Year's and Christmas and Thanksgiving and birthdays and everything. But don't worry, Dad's got it all covered. He thanks them for giving him a heads up so he could get ready for Happy New Hollow Giving's Birthmas. And there's all the different decorations from all the different (laughs) holidays. That's sweet. It's so awesome, to be honest. Yeah. I love the skeletons with like the... uh, (laughs) The Christmas decorations and the presents and everything, the birthday cake. Uh, that's really great. There's even like um, Valentine's, Valentine's and St. Patrick's. And Patrick's. Yeah, that's really good. I, I like this idea, like having birthday cake and turkey and like, what if you just ate for all the holidays? Like, we should celebrate. In one day? This. We should, yeah, we should celebrate a version of this. What day is it? It doesn't say like what day it is, does I'm not it? not doing this. No. <laughs> I like how like they're all just sitting around and Surfer's wearing a Santa hat and Toomey has got a scarf on. Oh, that that's right. Cute. Yeah. Um, the dad has a birthday hat. Eve has like um, devil horns. And then Don has like those New Year's glasses. Yeah. 2006. Year. That's funny. Yeah, that's really great. They've opened presents and all this stuff. Then dad starts up the Wizard of Oz, a family tradition. And the surfer's like, I'm out of here. I've seen this movie billions of times. I'm not in... fucking watching this. Yeah, he's he like, says. I've I've seen this in transmissions from Earth all the time. Yeah, but have you seen it with someone? Don asks. And so we get a great scene here of they're all singing the songs together and stuff like that. When was the last time you watched The Wizard of Oz? I was a very small child. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it in a, forever. Um, it's definitely, uh, I think a more traditional Wait. movie for us is the Christmas story. We watch that one a lot, right? I don't yeah, think I we really watch that very much because you don't like it. I don't, but then we end up watching it like almost every... It's just kind of on. <laughs> you don't like I that think. movie. I just get awesome. Sometimes I get tired of watching it because we watch it every single year. It's anyway. not my well, fault yeah. that we watch it every year. I don't know why it's on. It's just on. <laughs> I think the last time I watched... Uh, Wizard of Oz without Dark Side of the Moon was um, <laughs> all right in the 80s. But of course, you know, like 
the dark side of the rainbow. You gotta watch that. Yeah, you gotta watch that, dude. You're it's kind of annoying mind, because it man. just stops halfway through the movie. You're blowing my mind, Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all during the boring parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, gosh. you're right. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, you man. should do that. So as they're singing the song and watching the movie, all the images start to melt off the screen and float upwards. Not just the movie, but the decorations and everything. We see that it's happening. What was in that birthday cake? Am oh. I right? Am I right? <laughs> we see it happening all over the world. Every book, every line of music, every work of art, every single piece of expression made by man. So there's a couple of Easter eggs here that I want to point out. So um, we've got all the quotes here. Did you notice the quotes going up? So I want to test you guys. Oh. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that, but now I do. I had the story bit by bit. Do you know what that one's from? No. Okay, I don't know that one. Okay, that's Ethan Frome. It's a 1911 book by American author Edith Wharton. Then we have Good Night, Sweet Prince. It's like in Shakespeare, right? Yeah, it's Hamlet from 1600. Then we have uh, You Know My Methods, Watson. That's Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Yeah, that's Sherlock Holmes, and that's actually a reoccurring line. It comes in, It's in five of his novels by Arthur Conan Doyle. Then we have curiouser and curiouser alice in wonderland yeah that's alice in wonderland by lewis carroll call me ishmael moby dick moby dick by herman melville and it was the best of times it was the worst of times (laughs) war and peace no (laughs) a guess though a tale of two cities yes it's a tale of two cities (laughs) charles dickens uh yeah you are both i'm just joshing you um yeah i love that book i actually really love that book no, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, where all the music is going up, um, we see a guy that's in a Arrow t-shirt. That's actually the outfit from Mr. Gum from the image team The Atomics, which is a spinoff from the epic Mad Men series, which is also referenced in another panel. We see Mad Men. We see the Mad Men comic, right? Yes. So that means that Mike Alrad and Laura Alrad exist in this world. Yeah. So Dan Slotmoss also exists in this world. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that there's going to be, the, you know, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but I think there might be a little thing to back that up, maybe, uh, going along. Yeah. Um, but I also like, like, as it's coming out of that comic, like, Madman is actually, like, materializing and doing a yo-yo trick. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's so awesome. It's not just, like, a blur. It's like he's actually coming off the page, which I think is, like, I don't know. That's cool that they let him do that. I mean, he owns the character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you oh I guess you're cool. right. So he can just say it's fine to it's put it in It's literally his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Back with the surfer and crew, they see that the Hordax is siphoning all the culture from Earth. They said it was the greatest resource, right? That's what they were referring to. So they head back up there. I thought uh, it was going to be water. Is that what you thought it was going to be? <laughs> It makes more sense than water because, like, if they want water, why don't they go to Europa or Enceladus? Those, those are full planets full of water. Because <laughs> they're dicks. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's a good. Um, I I I like that a lot. I thought yeah. that was that was really good. Dawn has had all this experience, all these adventures with the surfer already. She's just like ready to go. I love how even her dad are shocked that she goes. Yeah, they're like, like, wait a minute, are you going too? Yeah. As they approach, the surfer says they're stealing the energy of creation. They're stealing what souls bring into being, imagination. They find that there are Hordax warriors now, and they're defending this device, which is fully charged, that green glowing orb. 
The surfer says he finds it strangely familiar. I love these weird panel layouts also. Yeah, they're good. Um, oh, yeah. It reminds me like of a... I don't know, it just makes it more sci-fi to me for some reason. Oh, totally agree. Well, it's more dynamic. It's more interesting. Okay, I yeah. I mean, it's just more... I mean, sci-fi comics were always more likely to kind of play with that and 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 bend the rules and make new and interesting ways yeah. to read the... So I guess it's... yeah. So the orb is activated... Everything glows green, and when it fades, the surfer and Don are asked, how can you hope to defeat every protagonist ever? <laughs> All right, so do you want to start naming some of these? Yeah, we so... Got, uh, <laughs> Tom Baker, Doctor Who, The Bride from Kill Bill. I'm thinking one of these is James Bond, right? This one in the suit, in the... the tux there. In the tux, yeah. You've got a Matrix. I was going to say, this is either the Matrix or Terminator. There's oh, yeah. eight, there's Ripley from Alien. Oh yeah. Someone from Tron. Is that like a Tron outfit? Yeah, that's a Tron. And there's like a ninja there's, ninja costume. There's a Star Trek reference with the blue arm. Is with this the Warriors? Lines. Is this Warriors? Is, yes, it is the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, and the I Star Trek with the waggledy the waggledy trim on the sleeve there. Oh, is that right what it is? Yeah. I was wondering what that yes. was. He's going fascinating. That's, that's a oh, wag. That's that. Spock. That's that waggledy trim. My mom used to put uh, it on every little fucking oh, clothing so that she glad made. You guys me. caught that. Yeah. I think there's that's uh, at the top behind Tom Baker, Doctor Who. I think that's Jean Renaud, the professional. Oh, man. That's what I was thinking too, Aubrey. And I, I think this guy is, what's his name? From, uh, Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. Oh, or whatever. yeah. That's, that's absolutely what that, that, that is. That is Snake Wilskin. What's Bowler Hat with the white? Oh, never mind. Don't. Oh. I don't like that. Yeah, one. that's Clockwork Orange. Oh, guy. no. I don't like Clockwork who's Orange. The guy. Blue, who's the blue bow and arrow? Oh, man. Not sure. I don't know that one. There's more on the next page too. There's the Terminator one. He's going target, target acquired. Target acquired. <laughs> There's Willy Wonka, Robocop, Zardon, Zardoz. Yes. Marty uh, McFly. Is that Barbarella with the white at the top? I'm not sure, but there is a uh, Lilu from The Fifth Element. Yeah. Who's the oh, one? Who, who are these ones in the on the left? Oh, Marty McFly then. No, that Marty McFly is below him. What if it's Chewbacca? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're just trolling me now. Uh, so they all fight the surfer. And Don's like, don't hurt them. The surfer's like, don't be sentimental. These are just vile creatures. They only look like characters from your favorite stories. And Don's like, well, none of them are coming after me. The surfer says it's because they don't perceive her as a threat. But she's like, it's not that. I can't even remember them. She watches the Wizard of Oz characters. There's like a Tin Man and a Scarecrow one and the Cowardly Lion. She's like, but I feel like I should. That one's definitely Chewbacca. If it was Chewbacca, I would have the thing. <laughs> the fucking... The bandolier. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Stop trolling me. I like that her polka dots are flying off of her there. Oh, you're funny. right. I didn't and, even notice that. And they that. stick themselves back on. And they stick themselves back on. We also see uh, Zorro... And there's like Batman. It's Batman. Is that Batman? It's Batman. <laughs> I hate you. Get out of here. Is he a Ghostbuster? I think that is a Ghostbuster. All right. Is that one a Shazam? I don't know who that is. I'm not sure who that one is. Do you know who that one is, Aubrey? With the blue uh, lightning bolt. This one's a Hamburglar down here. I'm not sure, but I agree with the Hamburglar and then Robin <laughs> Hood down there. Nice. Robin Hood, nice. So as the surfer continues his battle. Dawn climbs up the scaffolding and she says she's testing a theory as she jumps off. She yelling, jumps into Green Arrow. Somebody help, she says. <laughs> and just then the scarecrow <laughs> alien guy, he catches her. And Dawn says she knew that he would. You more than anyone, she says. Deep down inside, 
I could feel it. Whatever story you're from, you've been there for me every year of my life. I look around and I just know most of you have too. You're more than heroes, you're friends, lifelong companions. I lived through you, learned right from wrong. These characters helped shape me, and now they're shaping you too, aren't they? And the Sherlock Holmes one is like a sound deduction. He's hanging out with Rey Mysterio. And oh, the Little a, Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. And it looks like a Tuscan Raider behind him. Dawn's speech here, she it convinces them to give them back all their culture. We they, release these treasures back into your world. They say that their intentions were noble, and they tell the surfer that uh, they are parasites, but they don't steal. They save and preserve. They wanted to capture it all before... Before what, the surfer asks. You'll see. Farewell, surfer. That's pretty ominous. We yeah. had to make an enduring record of these tales before. Yeah. That doesn't seem good. So even though Don is happy that they sort of got to meet Sherlock Holmes and the Little Mermaid, the surfer <laughs> is unsettled of what else is the, coming. The green whiskers of the Little Mermaid. Classic classic four-eyed Little yeah. Mermaid. <laughs> So um, it's, he says here, ask yourself, why would they need to preserve Earth stories and art unless something else was coming? This kind of reminded me of I was uh, briefly obsessed with this and I, I watched as much like documentary type stuff and read as much stuff as I could about this. The evacuation of the Louvre in. Uh, oh, that's right. You were telling me about in this. 1939. The Louvre was closed for repairs, quote unquote, but they were really. Um, sending these, you know, these works of art um, to go be hidden from the Nazis. The crates, I thought this was something that was particularly interesting. The crates all had markings to identify, like, the level of importance that the art pieces that were in there. Oh, okay. So a yellow circle for, you know, these are very valuable. Uh, green circle for major works and red for world treasures. Wow. Okay. The, the Mona Lisa was marked with three red circles. Wow. So some of these art pieces were too big, right, to be transported in trucks and stuff like that. So like the raft of the Medusa. We saw this right, in person yeah. and it is, I cannot overstate how big this painting is. It had to be like covered up with a blanket. The truck was going on down its, its route. Uh, the canvas actually like ended up touching an electric cable and created like a short circuit that switched off the electricity to the whole entire town wow yeah and so like then they kind of more carefully planned out the routes and stuff and so they had like people with poles to like lift up the cables and stuff wow. like that the last art piece to leave the museum was uh winged victory wow the nike uh, which was moved uh september 3rd 1939 the day that the french ultimatum to germany expired and throughout the war these art pieces were moved you know, from place to place to avoid being, you know, spotted by the Nazis. And so um, let's see here. Uh, it says here, you know, so they, they kind of moved them all around and which I found fascinating. I just think that's so interesting. When the Nazis finally arrived, <laughs> this these fuckers got in there and it was fucking empty. Wow. Yeah. So they just were like, all right. Wow. They just, okay. You didn't get the treasures in the fucking Louvre. Yeah, so when he said the treasures, right, that kind of reminded you of that, or it just was interesting how he was like, well, they're trying to preserve, yeah, yeah, this culture and heritage or whatever it is. They're trying to preserve these works, um, this all this music, from something bad that's coming, yeah. right? And we right. saw a lot of like, you know, characters from movies that we recognize because that's that's what you're gonna remember. That's that's flashy. Like that's an interesting thing for a visual medium. But like, I think of the thing that was really chilling to me was the panel where all the music was disappearing. I was like, right, yeah. fuck no. You know what I mean? If I saw that, like all the books and all the paintings and the statues and the movies and stuff, 
comic books and everything that's horrible, that panel with all the music disappearing was just like, I don't know if I could yeah. Yeah. live without music. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that kind of made me think like um, I did like this idea that he was like, oh, they're trying to preserve all sure, this culture sure, yeah. for something worse that's coming. So that that's what made me think of that is they're like, we got to get this shit out of here. Like there's a lot at stake. Like these people could have lost their lives. Right. They'd have been killed, you know, or captured or, or something. But they were like, mm, we got to get this out, though. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I just think that's interesting. Like what would you how far would you go to protect a piece of culture that's important to you? Well, we all know that we would hope that we would do our best to protect our loved ones and the people that we care about, obviously. But like, how far would you go to say, if one thing makes it out of this, it should be this. I have a, I have a comic box. That's just my, I have a couple comic boxes. Your bug out comic box. Yes. My bug out comic boxes for real, for real. Like I know which boxes I would take. Do you have a bug out vinyl bag? No, I don't. I should probably do that. So I just, it's just one of those things. It's like, obviously (laughs) the preservation of life and limb are, are important, important but yeah. if you can if you had the option of like well we can get this out of the house before the house burns down like what would you right, say right. you know and so that's just something that you think about sometimes yeah really cool thanks for bringing that up so uh these other people are about to get it right here that uh, they're getting exactly what, what uh the surfer's trying to prevent over on planet elanus one star system away you want to know some interesting facts about planet elanus Sure do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you What anyway. are some of their three red circles works? Oh, okay. So um, this is not just a planet. It was actually featured in Fantastic Four Volume 1 Annual 19. So there was an alien that got separated from its parents and it landed on Earth where it encountered the Fantastic Four. They refer to it as Infant Terrible. Oh. Infant Terrible, later the delinquent, was a member of the Elon race who have the ability to alter reality with their minds. So Infant Terrible thought their homeworld was destroyed. This character was also featured in Power Pack 59, and they show that the parents were killed, but we don't see the homeworld destroyed. It wasn't until this issue came out that we see the planet is actually still there and the people are still alive. Huh. So this is like a reference to that other... Anyway, I just thought that was... Or like, is, that being the cool. planet, is that being the planet destroyed? Like maybe that took place concurrently. Well, these comics came out a long time ago. It's, it's made up, so maybe it's yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> we see that it's not destroyed and the Elons still live until we see the planet being taken over by that energy from the green ore. Oh, no. A much bigger version of the one that we saw the Hordax with in this issue. Oh, no, John. Someone flies to their aid. Who it's, is it? It's Ben Grimm, it's the ben thing. Grimm, the thing. From the previously mentioned super team, the Fantastic Four. What? He flies in a ship towards the orb, but his ship just bounces off of it and crashes. You notice how it's a red ship, but when it crashes, it's all gray because it's hit the orb and it's taken all of the whatever out of it, I guess. Oh, yeah. Light has taken over the city and it's turned it into these colorless shapes. The thing is taken over by the beams as well, and his suit changes from red to green. The color went with my baby blues and everything, Ben says, (laughs) uh, just before he's taken over as well. He becomes a slave to this character the keeper of the great truth arise my converted the keeper says for you shall be my herald and lead the way so that we may bless your earth as well dun 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 oh man <laughs> i oh. think in the the cover to this issue before we move on to the next issue is that liberace's piano in there <laughs> is it? it it probably is i guess okay all right so we is got that a, is that a three is that a three red circles item john 
Yes, it is. No, it's not. So we open up issue two. It might be. We open up on the planet Zenla, 10 years BG. Before Galactus. Before Galactus. I like that detail right there. Yeah, so we get to see Zenla. We see Norrin Rad and his gal. So they all speak English. Yeah, everyone does in, in comics. Did you know, know that? So Norrin Rad, he's with his gal, Shalabal. And he's talking about that he finds the perfection of Zenlaw really dull. These fancy collars. Yeah, I like their outfits. It's definitely like that old school, like Jack Kirby style. Yeah, it's nice. You know, they're really capturing like the. Uh, it's nice to see some ridiculous bullshit. The, I love the, it. The look of it, you know, and yeah. all that. So he's telling her that the spaceways beckon to him. He shows her that he's learned to access the Great Keep. Norrin, it's totally forbidden. You should not do that. Yeah. But there's all the spaceships in there. He's like, man, we could just get out of here and go explore. But they're interrupted by the Keeper of the Great Truth. Mm, Historically not awesome. Yeah. He's like, uh, no, young Mr. Rad, you won't. So they apologize. It seems like a big deal to be confronted by this guy. It's a huge deal. They have to bow. And they're like, oh, Norrin's like, it wasn't her idea. It was my idea. So like he lets Shala of the House of Baal, you are known to me. Just running around saying cool shit all day. Yeah. Leave us, Shala. I would have words with your betrothed. Yeah, so he takes Norrin, and he's like, walk with me. I like to think that he's he's doing all this grandiose, very flowery speech. He's like, I would have words with your betrothed. And then, like, you know, she's like, okay, I'm out of here. And he's like, Norrin, walk with me. Talk with me. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go, buddy. Walk with me. I got a question for you. You know what I mean? Like, I just immediately shifts. Drops the facade. He drops. He's like, look, man. Okay, I got it. I'm going to be real with you. I didn't keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it real with you. Uh, I was lying. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so he basically tells him that a lot of the history that he learned was a lie. We see a bunch of those green glowing orbs. He says that Zenla stopped traveling in space. They were taught that it was to keep Zenla safe, but it was actually to keep other worlds safe from them. We also see the Keeper of the Truth. He removes his helmet, and he's like an old dude. Yeah, a wizened man. Yes. Back on planet Earth. So I like this um, this kind of transition because... Uh, we see, like, the solar system, but it's just, uh... It's one of those models. Yeah. That's, that has a name. Oh, what is it a called? A mobile? Yeah, but it's actually called something when it's the solar system. It's, like, a specific word. But it's funny, because, like, it seems like Norrin is getting tired of waking up to the smell of bacon and eggs in the morning. Oreries. I, oh, I don't know if or- I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, orrery. Orrery. Right. Yes, yes. Orrery. You're absolutely right. They're called orreries. I like how uh, Norrin, like, when he wakes up, and he's like, the smell of seared pig. Seared pig and burger embryos. Again. It's actually not embryos. Um, well, I know that, oh. but I'm just reading what he says. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that's that's actually not correct. Actually, 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 that's that's not accurate. You're not really actually eating that. So that's that's not what that is. It also seems like Toomey feels the same way, right? Because oh, he's ready of, to get out of there. Yeah, I like how you know usually the reflection is what you are, but here he's Norrin, and the reflection is the surfer. So you need to be Silver Surfer. Yeah, I'm sick exactly. of this Norrin rad bullshit. So Surfer enters the kitchen. Reg, the dad, he's like Norrin, just in time for bacon. Yes, Reg Greenwood. Bacon again. Perhaps it's their custom that we cannot leave until we've consumed the entire pig, the surfer thinks. <laughs> uh, when they start talking about meeting Eve's husband when he returns from business in a few weeks, the surfer can't take it anymore. Great galaxies, are we supposed to remain here for the entire gestation? Jeez. 
And she's like, Norn Rad, what? I should change your name to Norn Rude. <laughs> That's really I good. I should change your name to Norn Rude. <clears throat> That's great. He's like, look, I'm an explorer. And I grow restless here. I already know everything about this world. She says, well, let me show you my universe. So uh, they go and do all of Dawn's favorite stuff to do, right? They go and check out the gray seals of Anchor Bay. Mostly Jerry. (laughs) They go sit at the copper kettle and they watch this woman playing a harp and they have some wine. They go eat a bunch of candy. I like how they're eating the candy button. She's like, the yellow ones are the best. And he's like, but it's just food dye. They're all the same. And he's like, "Mm, these are good. They've been eating the absolute worst candy. F tier fucking candy. Candy corn and candy buttons. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Well, it looks like they got some worms in there. The worms are pretty good. Mm. Yeah. You like some worms. They go candle You like pin- worms. I do. They go candle pin bowling. This is a variation of bowling that's played primarily in the Canadian maritime provinces and the New England regions of the United States. So it makes sense that it would be played in Anchor Bay. I thought it was interesting. And I do kind of like bowling. I mean, I'm not good at it, but I do like to bowl every once in a while. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible at it. Oh, I love bowling. Yeah, you bowl maybe like once every couple of years, but it's fun, though. I I tried to look up if there's a place around here that does candle pin bowling. I couldn't really find one, but I found some cool bowling places. Oh, We need to go bowling. Do we? Um, but anyway, okay. do you, do you want to know what the differences are between candle pin bowling and regular bowling? Yeah, you, know, you know I yeah. do. I sure do. Each player does three balls for per frame instead of two. Okay. Um, and the candle pin balls are smaller, and they don't have the oh. finger holes. No, because they're little. You yeah. Need, you throw them. Is it like a ski ball? Balls. Right, so there's no oil on the lane, so the ball doesn't skid; it just rolls all the way down. Yeah. The candle pins are thinner. And it increases the amount of space between the pins, reducing the score. And then the fallen pins aren't taken up. Oh. They're just there. They're just there. So, yeah, that's part of it, too. So, anyway, yeah, pretty interesting. I like a ski ball. I do like a ski ball. Bowling and ski ball. There's something about, boy, there's something about throwing balls. Rolling a ball. Rolling a ball. I love rolling a ball. Yeah, it's fun. And my dog likes it when I throw a ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're talking about rolling a ball. Yeah, rolling it, though. He likes that, too. Oh, good. Well, he's okay. got good taste. Good. You he tell can... him I said that. Let's go bowling with your dog. <laughs> I don't that know if he'd like that. It's kind of loud. Quite hilarious. So Especially. we could get a we could get like a little like a little kid set. Mm, oh, that's true. That would be fun. Yeah. And they also... I think it'd be funnier at a real bowling alley. I mean, just saying. Jake's skittering. Sliding around, sliding all around the... all over the lane. With his clickety-clackety little oh, toenails. <laughs> we'll get his nails clipped first they also go to the top of the lighthouse and they're having like a romantic time up there Norrin is pretty impressed he thanks Don for showing him her world even even up there he's like yeah well didn't you ever dream of jumping into a boat and just heading out to right, sea yeah like alright man can you chill for even one second right it seems like no but suddenly the surfer's cosmic senses kick in. He silvers up and to me, my lord. Wow, how did where'd that come from? Are do you <laughs> are you possessed with the power cosmic? I am. Man. He tells Don they have to leave right away. Something is coming to destroy everything that defines the planet. In space, we see a green orb almost the size of Earth. Oh jeez. It's like the device the Hordax had. The surfer thought it was familiar but didn't recognize it. It's an aluminum. It's an <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's an aluminum. Aluminatrix. An aluminatrix, John. What is that? 
Magitech. Pray the, tell. The height of Zenlavian technology. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's much more clear now. Dawn points out that their last battle was tough enough with the small orb. What can you do against that? She asks. The surfer has come to Manhattan to find Earth's Mightiest Heroes. The Fantastic Four. Aren't Earth's Mightiest Heroes the Avengers? I thought that was funny. Is that supposed to be a joke? Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Oh, it is hilarious. Right? Have to say, for my first time in New York, this is all very exciting, Don exclaims. <laughs> I thought that was a cute uh... comment. So they go to the Fantastic Four and they find that... Uh, no one's cause. You, I, look, I like her outfit. Oh, we haven't commented on her like superhero outfit. I like her little coat. I just thought she was wearing normal clothes, to be honest with <laughs> you. Well, yeah, but she's got that coat over it. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Nice. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the coat over it. So they find that the Baxter building is now Parker Industries. Reed, Sue, Johnny, Ben, come at once. Your planet is in peril. Hi. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, there isn't a Fantastic Four here. They're gone. Sorry. <laughs> So at one point, I had to look this up, uh, at one point the building was ordered closed by S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the FF decided to disband after, uh, and some of them seemed dead or whatever, um, and so it was sold to Parker Industries. And I think that was when the Superior Spider-Man stuff was going on, right? Oh, okay. Because it was no, like... No, actually, actually, that was right after Superior Spider-Man, because oh. it was bought by actual Peter. Because there's like a whole thing where Johnny finds out that he bought the building, he's like, Johnny, I bought it for... Just preserve it for you guys. There you go. Right. I see. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, right now, like Reed and Sue and Franklin and Valeria are off in the multiverse, recreating the multiverse. Oh, <laughs> right okay. Wars. The multiverse, right, right. you say. We also see. I don't know any of this. I'm just like, <laughs> all right, cool. We also see that Avengers Mansion is now a hotel. Madness. Don, remember how the universe was destroyed and then reassembled? Yeah, she says. I think someone put the pieces back in the wrong order. I like how he's just like, do you remember that time? Yeah. That the universe was completely disassembled and then they put it back together. I like here, he's like, just tell Captain America or Thor or Iron Man, just tell them I I, I have to talk to them. And they're just mm. like, I don't, I'm the night manager at this hotel. I don't know what you're talking about. Then the surfer's like, I have it. A person who has always been there for me. And Dawn's excited because she One thinks... One earthling who shall ever remain my constant in all galaxies. Yeah. Bored, you know the way. Ooh, who is it? The mayor? Spider-Man? Is it Spider-Man? <laughs> it's Alicia Masters. Alicia Masters? So I thought I would uh, spontaneously throw this to Aubrey. Who's Alicia Masters, Aubrey? You know tell us. Tell us, Aubrey. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she's the thing's girlfriend. She's a... Uh, her dad was like the toy master or the toy maker or oh. some dumb shit. Um, and, but she, <laughs> and, but she was like blind and she would make sculptures and like she loves the thing. She loves Ben for being Ben and not and he, you know, because he's all rock monster. He's all like, oh, nobody loves me. But Alicia does. And I think they're married now, or they were. I can't really remember. Right, yeah. Oh, because she likes to make sculptures, uh, and he's like a big rock sculpture. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. There was, there was also this time in the 80s where Ben disappeared. No, he went off after Secret Wars and She-Hulk doing the, the team. Johnny and Alicia got married. But then it turned out that that wasn't really Alicia. That was a scroll. And Alicia never really cheated on Ben with Johnny. Wow. Man, Aubrey, for me, just throwing to you that, like, you knew. That was great. You, you did a really awesome job. We got a good background. 
That's awesome. I knew you would know. <laughs> I wonderful. see. I I know about Alicia Masters, but I didn't know as much as you. That's did. great. Uh, well, and then so Silver Surfer seems to get around. He's had a lot of girlfriends. Well, okay. So that's the thing uh, that you did leave out, Aubrey. Is that well? And we're they're gonna they're gonna talk about it here, right? But I mean, yeah. It, it, it's captured. Uh, my favorite version of it is in Alex Ross's Marvels. Okay. Um, yeah. With uh, Kurt Busiek, but they do an amazing version of Silver Surfer meeting Alicia. And that's when he kind of uh, rebels from Galactus and, you know, all that oh, stuff. Oh, all right. Not to get all Kevin Smith with it, but what is the things downstairs about? Is it just a, is, is Dick and Balls are rocks? They're made of rocks, right? He, he's always rock hard. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but it, he's always ready to go. Oh, man. So, but he's, so he's had a lot of girlfriends, though. And this is his first Earth girlfriend? <laughs> kind of. So he had, he was, he was, Dating Shala Ball, and they were going to get married, and then he became the He became Herald. the Silver Surfer, and then for, like, years, he was with Galactus. Yeah. And then, I mean, he didn't really get with Alicia Masters. They had one They had one significant moment. They had a significant moment. Much, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Maybe more than that, but it, I, I don't think, like, they were ever... Uh... But it was a very deep yeah. and intense connection, yes, is what we're saying here. Okay. And all of this, obviously... It causes friction with Don. Also, Silver Surfer introduces Don as his friend. Mm, see, that's the thing here is I'm. I like that this is not pitting, you know, woman against woman as like, oh, I'm just straight up jealous just simply because another woman exists. It's like he's kind of a little bit oblivious, I right, suppose, yeah. to like how this interaction might affect <clears throat> Don's feelings. And is so he like, though? Because like early on. He was like talking about how he kind of hides, he tries to hide from the fact that he was Galactus's herald. And the reason why he got caught up in that whole first adventure was because he wanted to be a hero to kind of prove himself. And so I think a lot of times he purposely doesn't, he leaves some of this stuff out. You know what I mean? And he's just like, oh, well, I'm just not going to talk about that because it would be weird. And it's like. But you're going to make it weird down the line if you don't, if you don't just talk about it now. You know. But I also think he's oblivious because. There's a part, well, we'll get to that because we're about to get to it, but I think a lot of this is obliviousness on okay. his part. I yeah, really do. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like, oh, this is my friend, Don Greenwood. And she's like, I'm your I'm your friend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Alicia also knows the board. She calls it board. His name is Toomey, Don says. Let me get this straight, Don says. You're another Earth girl who traveled with the surfer? For a little bit, Alicia says. So that comment right there. So she gets on the surfboard with right. the surfer and they fly around Earth and Alicia Masters is like, look at all this shit. Look at all, look at how awesome Earth is and right. this and that. Well, she says, I showed Norn that Earth was truly beautiful and worth saving. That's a huge deal. Right. But I think Don thinks that they had all these adventures. Right. And like the surfer didn't travel with Alicia near anywhere near the extent that he did with Don. No, but she says, you know I mean? oh, you traveled the cosmos. You know, and then out of everyone in the universe, she convinced you to change. And he's just like, oh, it's complicated. Uh, I want to talk about that panel, too, because that panel has this pink background. Yeah. Um, So I thought that was an interesting color. I'll come back around to this. Okay. You're saying they didn't have all these adventures, but she's like, oh, it's been ages. Oh, what was the planet? Was it Metabolus 3? Oh, it's good to see you, too. So that kind of implies that they had adventures together. No, you're right. I probably don't know as much as I should. So she's like, oh, yeah, for a little bit. So they maybe had some adventures, I suppose. But she's like, so, Norrin Rod, what's the deal? Why are you at my apartment? I should have actually looked looked up that reference, Metabell 3. 
I'm irritated that I didn't do that. I but just anyway. assumed it was an adventure and moved on. Yeah, but it might be a reference to a comic that now I'm irritated I didn't catch. But anyway, <laughs> it's fine. I'll do it on things I forgot to talk about. But so she addresses week. to me. She's like, so I'm not, you know, we. Why, why didn't she tell me about this? Right, yeah. And Toomey's like, he does that like, shrug reflection right. of Don. Like, mm-hmm. So the surfer, he tells Alicia that she needs to call all the superheroes. Don asks how she would know them. And she shows all her sculptures like Aubrey was talking about. Um, she's made of all the heroes in private modeling sessions. Mm. Don checks out the butt on the surfer sculpture. <laughs> I see. And being blind, I take it you rely on touch? Norin, this butt looks incredibly accurate. <laughs> Yes, well, imminent cosmic threat. I should be going. <laughs> I like who we got here. Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Wanda is in there. Yeah, we got Black Panther, Deadpool. Thing, uh, Iron Man. Classic, uh, a classic Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, everyone's everyone's butts that you would want to sculpt. Yes, exactly. All are, the, all are the all good here. butts. All the good butts. But before the surfer goes, Alicia asks how she will get in touch with him. So he silvers off a ring for her. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, this ring is a part of me. If you need me anywhere in time or space, touch this. I'll sense it. I just felt like I, again, that kind of like change of tone of like when he gave it to Don, it was this, this ring is a part of me. Yeah, yeah. If you need me anywhere <laughs> in time or space, touch this and I'll sense it. Like, is he doing that here? I feel like he's just like, oh yeah, uh, well this ring is a part of me, so like, if you yeah, need me yeah. anywhere. And she's, but she's aghast at this. You made a Jerry the Seal sound. What does that mean? She you gave said, me a ring like that once, I thought. Oh, of course. Here. And he gives her another one. <laughs> and she's like, look, just promise me. No more secrets or surprises, okay? I swear it. He's like, but I must go. But these panels are pink, too. Uh-huh. When they have these little moments between themselves. Yes. And they talk just to each other. That's the color of the back. I like yeah, that. I thought that nice. was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like how Surfer is going around putting a ring on everybody's finger. <laughs> really, yeah. right? Which makes me... We'll really see later, too. But this is the thing I was talking about before. I wonder now about the obliviousness of it. Right, yeah. Because... When he gave it to Don before, When he gave it, it to Don, we special. all thought it was a special moment, but it turns out it's just like a fucking version of a cell phone for him, an intergalactic right, cell phone. It's yeah. not special, and it's just whatever. So Don, this whole time, was thinking that was like the most intimate, most special right, thing that could have right. happened, and... He's over here like, oh, yeah, it's a good point. Here, have this ring. It's uh, fine right. for you to have. And so she's just like, oh, I thought that was a special thing be- between us, but it's just a regular yeah. thing that he does no matter what. So yeah. that's another thing that I think he's sort of oblivious to Right. Well, and he what also- she's interpreting as feelings for one another when it is really just like kind of nothing to him well he also has this very like noble speech yes and if you're gonna take the rise of the silver surfer he's got a very <laughs> lawrence fishburne voice yeah. and so like yeah everything sounds really dramatic when yes. he says it and so i could see that when he Absolutely. gave it to don the first time i mean maybe he is oblivious and he just talks like that all the time i think you that's know what, what I mean? it is i really do because even remember when he had the birthday hat on and he was like he said something and it was like <laughs> that he said something but it was all very proper still even sure. anyway i do like though in when he was uh hanging out with them he was like oh i've never had corn like that yeah it was candy corn right the yeah. shittest candy of all <laughs> As the surfer approaches the Illumin- Ill- Illuminatrix, it's, it's hard <laughs> to say. I love that you can't say that. He sees the Keeper of the Truth. Oh, shit. 
he sees a bunch of people from Zenla, and the Keeper seeks their Herald on him. Uh, our it's, Heralds will keep you occupied. It's Ben Grimm, the thing. Oh, shit, he's and a so Herald now. The Surfer doesn't realize it until he starts fighting him. He's in, like, this pink space suit. Pink chewing gum suit. More of a magenta. No, it's not really pink. It's more purple. Yeah, seems you're right. It's like a purple suit. I mean, it's it seems like a pink suit. Yeah, well, it's pinkish purple. Yeah. As the thing and Surfer fight... The, the Illuminatrix is starting to take over Earth. It's turning it into Zenla. The Surfer begs the Thing to fight the Keeper's powers over him. Fight the will of Zenla? That there's what you call blasphemy. And he punches the Surfer. <laughs> I love that panel. It's, I love all of oh, that. so good. It's so dynamic. I His love all space. the motion with that. I love how he turns towards the viewer and yeah. all that. Really good. And that's what you call blasphemy. And on my planet, we don't put up with that kind of talk. Benjamin J. Grimm, this is your planet. And here on this street of Yancey, there's only one thing to say at this juncture. It's clobbering time. I love it. Talk about Yancey Street, Aubrey. <laughs> I don't know much about it, uh, to be honest. Ben uh, Grimm is from Yancey Street. There's the Yancey Street gang that keep pulling pranks on him. Yes. But it may have actually been the human torch the whole time. I'm not really sure. That's okay. my knowledge of Yancey yeah, Street. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Good job. And something about his sweet Aunt Petunia or something oh like yeah yeah <laughs> i like um how he says on this street of yancey we were just talking about how he talks right uh, i love really it good. yeah the surfer notices his surroundings are being blessed by zen law that kind of reminds me of uh in the thor movie when he keeps referring to colson as son of coal oh that's a good one yeah exactly because his name is thor odinson yeah so yeah. he just calls him son of coal <laughs> anyway colson <clears throat> so the surfer notices his surroundings are being blessed by zen law their perfect world is overriding the primitive one. I love the body language of the surfer at the bottom panel here. It's so, like, curse you. Yeah, so, this, yeah. Um, so good. It's destroying everything unique. The Very surfer's dramatic. like, damn you, Keeper. You told me this wasn't our way. Because that's what he told him. Remember when it was that old dude? Yeah. But the Keeper says it is no longer their way. I'm going to quote some Hamlet at you, but you stole it, so I can't. You stole Hamlet. Yes. This is a new Keeper. And one that acts as the spiritual leader of Zen La. It's Shalabal. Oh, shit. She vows to spread the word of Zen La across the cosmos. Oh, dang. Welcome home, beloved, she says. All right, chapter three. So I want to talk about this cover. This is the special 50th anniversary issue. This is a solicitation. So can you do a Stanley? A Stanley voice? Absolutely, I can. Hey there, true believers. Special 50th anniversary issue. In 1966, the heroes of Earth met Norrin Rad of Zen La, the Silver Surfer. In 26... This is really just coming off of Natasha Leon. <laughs> okay, it's fine. I'm just going to keep doing it. In 2016, for the greatest stakes of all time, he will have to fight them all. Not a dream. Not a hoax. This is really happening. A major turning point in the life of Norrin Rad that will profoundly change the saga of the Silver Surfer. Great job, Stan Lee and or Natasha Leon. Yeah, you Great know, it's, it's, a, it's a living. What a captain. So we open with Shalabal versus the Surfer. The Surfer doesn't understand how this is possible. It's not a scroll or duplicate. It's the real Shalabal. She tells the Surfer that they are using the Illuminatrix to spread the perfection of Zen La, saying, you sacrificed yourself to protect our world now do it again. What say you, Norrin Rad? 
I stand with Earth, he says. <laughs> and now do the Stanley voice again on this little red word bubble. A tale of triumph and tragedy. 50 fantastic years in the making. Right. So if you think about it, you know, if you think about it in terms of 50 years. 50 fantastic years. Yeah. He was coming to be the herald to destroy Earth. And now here he is saying, I stand with Earth, right? So That's awesome. uh, against his home world too, against his home planet yeah. and his and his and his beloved and his culture, you know what I mean? So um that's pretty cool. I thought that was that was nice, you know. Uh this red word bubble was kinda like capping that or whatever. Absolutely. I don't know. It was good. Also, I don't know why I gave Stanley a New York accent. I don't think he really has one. He probably would have said it more like fantastic years. Right, he hit, he he hits the R's, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like now. Yeah, but I love this panel. I love all of this. Yeah, it's really so this cool. is a great splash page. This is yeah. really nice, and I like the um, you know, you've got that beautiful like, uh, old school New York architecture up against uh, the the Zin Lavi, yeah, the uh, what's it say the name again? Zin Lavi, the, the Zin Lavian architecture there. <laughs> really cool. Uh, so Shalabal sticks the thing on him. Uh, smite that vile betrayer, she says. You got it, the thing says. Oh, holy one, consider him smitten. Enough, Ben Grimm, the surfer says. You are not her herald. She used the illuminatrix to restructure your mind. And those are not even your words. And the past tense of smite is smote. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get all those like cool uh, panels. I love when there's like a weird circle panel. He's done that a couple times in yeah. the series, you know. That's good. Um, I love the panel layouts on this. It just makes the action so awesome. And I mean, like, I don't know if we've talked about the, the colors, you know, but like with this Jack Kirby-esque design yeah, and really everything, good. I mean, Laura Alred is just killing it. She really is. Uh, we didn't even talk about oh, like yeah. the, the costumes. We see all the people are becoming these aliens and stuff like that. Or no, these are all the other planets that they've taken over. So there's like these eyeball guys and uh, there's these there's the Chewbacca guys or whatever. I, I can't ever since you brought it up, I can't stop thinking about um, Silver Surfer's voice being, you know, Lawrence Fishburne. And so, like, all of this dialogue here is so much funny. Yes, it is. Thinking <laughs> about you, that, when you like, think about it, like, the past tense of smite is smote. Like, it's just very. Yeah. And so the thing's like, yeah, we'll smote this, you silver tongue devil. This is what you get for sassing my shalabal. And he's like, you're. I like that. <laughs> I like how uh, when he's like fighting him here, he's actually beating the armor off of him. It's so, like you're slowly kind of oh, right. getting back to Bren himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great. Thanks for pointing that out, Aubrey. That's, yeah, great that detail. is a good point. That's actually going to probably come into play. I have to end this. To me, my board, where are you going? And yeah. it's flying away. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, thanks for pointing that out. Um, so across town, Alicia is with Dawn. Her apartment is being taken over by the Illuminatrix, and Dawn describes it to her. It's changed all her sculptures into these weird Zenlavian shapes. Uh, Toomey arrives. Alicia says it sensed her emotions because she's furious. Alicia asks Toomey to take them to whoever is responsible. Don's like, that could be dangerous and you're blind. And you're from Massachusetts, Alicia says. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Come on, let's go. Over with the surfer, he continues to fight the thing. And on one side, we have the Earthlings that are booing at the surfer. <laughs> They're saying, get up, Thing. Teach that alien a lesson. On, and on the other side, the Zen Lavians are also cheering on the Thing as he's fighting the surfer. Like, Unbelievable. Yeah. I am unappreciated by two worlds. Right. <laughs> Incredible. 
So to be one, Norin, the Illuminatrix has begun its great journey, and once it circumvented this planet... Earth culture will be overwritten. The transformation will be complete. That must not come to pass, the surfer says, and he, like, blasts the thing away here. Why wait? People of Earth, hear me. This is a great gift we are bestowing upon you. Cross this road and take it upon yourselves. Be remade. Become a part of perfection. Wait, why is Stan Lee the Shalabal? Or no, is it's it Natasha Leone is, Natasha is, is Shalabal now. <laughs> but I like this part because she appeals to the people of Earth. And she's like, look, yeah. um, there's no illness, hunger, or poverty, no hatred or discrimination. We're all equal and we're all cared for. All your needs will be met. So they're like, fuck this. I'm out of here. All these people start going over there. And the surfer's like, you don't understand. There is a price for perfection. We need adversity to strive, to grow. And this one guy, he's on crutches and he's like, easy for you to say, pal. Try being me. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you try like, being me. It's see what you, see yeah. what it's like when you know when you're you, you can't walk and whatever, and it's. And he crosses, and he immediately throws off the crutches, and he's like, "I can walk now." Now, if in a society where we supported uh, all people to meet their needs, you know, maybe people wouldn't necessarily feel that way. Right. Yeah. But of course, in this current society in which these characters are living in, uh, that's not the way that it is. So they're all like, "Well, fuck this." And that kind of brings us back to that thing we were talking about before, like that whole planet that was like that. Right, yeah. And so, you know. Oh, yeah. So the thing has a surfer in his grip and he's crushing him. And the humans submit to Zen La just when Alicia and Don show up on Toomey. Shalabal wonders why they aren't affected by the Illuminatrix. They realize it's because of the surfer's rings. And so Shalabal gets all jealous now that the surfer would give them rings. She goes... Beloved, you gave these Earth Woman rings fashioned out of your own being? I don't understand. So, her too, she thought this was something real special, but he's just like, oh, here's the thing I can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, you need to make it clear that, like, because people are taking this very much the wrong way. Who's Hover Girl? Why is she calling Norn Beloved, Don asks Alicia. Uh, if I remember right, that's Shala Ball, the surfer's betrothed from his homeworld. She knows all of the lore. Right. <laughs> yeah. His but what now? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Don Greenwood. I should have told no, you. No, nah, no, no. First, you didn't tell me about Galactus and all the planet eating. Then Alicia Masters, now crazy ex-girlfriend from outer space. What's next? Are you even silver? Do you actually surf? Can we talk about this once the world That's is safe? That's your answer for everything. I... Uh, excuse me. I'm littering in the dark over here. Can someone tell me what's going on? Oh, no. Yeah, so we have Alicia um, and so Shalabal. She confronts her, and she offers her the chance to see again if she removes the ring. No, you can keep your lousy gift, Alicia says. I care more about my art than my sight. Be able to see again, but lose every piece of music ever written, every poem, every book, all of Earth's heritage, our culture, never. Our planet is more beautiful and wondrous than the likes of you could dare to imagine. And so uh, here, Don is like, okay, Norin, we can drop the whole Alicia fight. I get it now. She's like the most magical person ever. I don't necessarily think they were ever fighting about Alicia, though. Right. I didn't get the impression that Dawn resented her I think in any way. Just because th- she didn't tell him. I think though. that, no, I think that, I think, I don't think she resented her at all. I think she resented the fact that Silver Surfer just wasn't honest with her about right, yeah. their previous relationship and didn't, and kind of was like downplaying what she thought she had a relationship with sure, Silver Surfer. Right. So it's kind of like, I think she was more confused about her relationship with Silver Surfer than anything else. So again, I like that they weren't 
trying to pit these two women against one another just like meow, cat fight you know what i mean right, like that kind right. of bullshit it's more like she's like oh she's amazing like i understand why you would want to yeah you know hang out with her i get why it she would change your view yeah and so i think that that's um i think that's wonderful i i, I like that they made a point to for dawn to say that i think that's really important for her character and for us to get to know alicia better and yeah. for us to kind of like understand why the silver surfer would be affected by them and why they I like that 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 they put that in there. I think well, yeah, really... I mean, because they had that scene in the apartment, and they weren't fighting or anything. No. But Alicia was like, we got to go do something about this. And Dawn is like, won't that be dangerous? And she's like, fuck it. We right. got to do it. So it's like, well, it's early... been building. Her yes. view of Alicia has been building to this point. Well, and earlier, Dawn took off on the board, and her family was like, oh, isn't that dangerous? Right, yeah. And so I like that there's a lot of these parallels happening in the sure, story, and sure. it's very... Um, but yeah, just to have Dawn actually say, oh, wow, I totally get it, you know? Alicia's inspiring me. And I think that that's really beautiful and wonderful that she, yeah. you know, did that. But I think that um, I don't really necessarily think there ever was a fight about Alicia. I think it was more about her relationship with Silver Surfer and sure, how she was right. kind of confused and hurt by his lack of communication there. But anyway. When Don says that Alicia is the most magical person ever, the surfer says, I know. That's how I felt when I came to this world. When she showed me how special it was and, and just then he's knocked out Jeez. by the thing. That's and a fantastic That's panel. a really good panel. That, yeah. Well, Dawn was trying really hard to show Silver Surfer what was special about Earth by showing him what made it special to her. And he was just kind of like, yeah, but all this stuff sucks. So. Right, yeah. That's kind of what happens next makes that even more sure. interesting, I guess. I don't know. Shalabal is offended that the Surfer would do this. She says he sacrificed everything for them, for her, his true love. But Alicia says the surfer doesn't love her anymore. I just like her delivery on this line. Wrong, Shalabal. The surfer doesn't love you. Not anymore. He loves this woman, Don Greenwood. And yeah. she's like, oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. But that's. I just thought that was very like soap opera. I oh, like it right. though. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very cute. It's good. But she's like, um, the way that he talks when he's around you, you know, he's in love with you. Right. Shalabal's not having it though. She's like, ah, you're yeah. lying. She summons a blast. And then she goes to shoot Alicia. Not having it. And just then, the thing jumps in, and he takes the hit. Chase. Shalabal says, this is impossible. But the surfer says, Ben Grimm is the strongest man he's ever known. Because he's supposed to be mind-controlled by her. Right. And she's like, how, did, yeah. how are you not being mind-controlled but by her? But I think right Aubrey's now? right. I think the maybe taking on... Punching off the yeah. the spacesuit did something. Yeah. Don yells for the surfer to put a ring on him. I wonder if it was because he was coming into contact with Silver Surfer and the power cosmic contacting him oh, so much. Punching him so many times. Yeah. Is the same is had the same effect as wearing a ring oh, made of him. That's a great idea. Really and so awesome. uh, but no, that's Aubrey was saying, like as as the costume was coming off, he was able to make contact with him physically. Right. And that's why it yeah. Oh, good job, wow. Aubrey. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so Don yells for the surfer to put a ring on him. Surfer, quick, put a ring on him so he doesn't change back. I like her body language there. Oh, yeah, it's really good. And so she, he, you... he puts a big ring like the size of a, <laughs> it would be like the size of a necklace, I guess. Right. Okay, uh, this is weird, and I don't just mean stuff flying off your silver hand, pal. <laughs> He's from oh, New shit. York, Aubrey. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, that's some pretty big jewelry. Looks kind of tacky. <laughs> ben, please don't insult it. That ring is part of my being in essence. Uh, yes, now you made it even creepier. <laughs> uh, just then, all the superheroes oh, show up. 
right? So uh, we see She-Hulk, and she goes, hey, Ben, Alicia said to call the cavalry. And we went a little nuts, it's Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. I love Squirrel Girl. She's awesome. And there's um, all Miles of you, Morales. Yeah. All of you, please. We promised Miss Marvel could say it, the Vision says. Uh, thanks, Vision. Here goes. Avengers, assemble. So who do we got here, Aubrey? Uh, well, we got Miles, She-Hawk. Uh, the Mighty Thor. Captain America, Falcon. Um, Who's the Inhumans? Oh, is Moondog. Lockjaw. Lock, Lockjaw. Lock <laughs> you got Nova, and I bet that's uh, the Sam guy. I can't remember his last name. And I'm not sure about Iron Man because I'm not sure if that's actually Tony in there or if it's uh, Doctor Doom in there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I so, can't remember when Doctor Doom became the ear, became an Iron Man. It was right, right. Something. There's yeah. I don't know. Comics. <laughs> The Illuminatrix takes over them, too. So then they get all these Zenlavian costumes. <laughs> and Daredevil's like, I can see. Um, and now the Vision is like this. He's a guy with these goggles. Right. Really interesting. I love these Zenlavian designs. Squirrel Girl's ears are now these like Power Ranger looking yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so Daredevil's like, I can see. But does that mean that he has completely lost all of his superpowers? I don't know. That's interesting. I mean... Shalabal's like, behold, Norin, your reinforcements have arrived on my side of the road. Lo, they are mine. What a revolting development. So you take the words right out of my mouth. Because <laughs> that's what? one of his sayings, right? You took the yeah. words right out what of a, What a revolting development. Isn't that one of the thing sayings? I like how Surfer says it. That's really cute. <laughs> Surfer, he's at a loss of what to do. Now he's got to fight all the Avengers um, in their Zenlavian forms. Do you have any ideas, Benjamin? I don't know. What? Why don't you uh, put rings on these jokers, too? That would only work if they'd freed themselves first, as you did. They can't think of anything to do. They're continuing to fight. The Illuminatrix is returning in the rain out of time. There's some fantastic panels in here. Again, um, the layouts are amazing, and the colors are just spectacular. Everyone's flying around everywhere. Yeah, and so we see um, Daredevil, like, he's got his... His, his like little sticks or whatever, and he's jumping around. So I, I guess he still has his powers. Okay. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be perfection. So wouldn't perfection be that he has his powers and, and he can see? Wouldn't that mean everyone has superpowers? No. I don't know. Okay. I think it just means I like, like that you know the rules. If you didn't already have them. You okay. know what I mean? Like Yeah, but people are, didn't, they didn't have health <clears throat> and then they do have health. How much health do they have? Enough to be a superhero? Maybe. What's going on here? Go to Zen Law and find out. I will. I'll go there. It's over, my love, Shalabal says. Your adopted planet is moments away from full conversion and there's nothing you can do. Wrong, Shala, the surfer says. And he <laughs> blasts everyone aside. I love when there's like those moments yeah. in like comics or video games or whatever, cartoons. So the surfer flies up and he's like, uh, I didn't want to do this. I'm so sorry. It'll take all my power and cosmic, but it must be done for the sake of the world. And so he uses all his power cosmic. He says, ever since you arrived, there was one thing I could do, but the thought of it filled me with dread. So, like, they're building it up to be this big, right. horrible deal. Well, so he destroys the Illum Illuminatrix. And when he does, it destroys, like, all the Zenlavian culture, like, everything from Zenlav. It's incredible. The waves of, like, power going out across yeah. the earth. Like, you, you see... You see the buildings in New York, and um, with, within each wave, you can see the, like the Zinlavian yeah. architecture in there, like passing over it, and so it briefly transforms them and then turns them back. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a great effect, and the colors again are just fantastic on this. 
Um, we see all the other cultures that were taken over by the Illuminatrix have returned to their original state. And now Shalabal, like, she's just in an all-white costume because, like, she has no culture anymore. All of Zenla is gone. The dream of Zenla is over. It is a blank slate. It is less than nothing. Doing this to the surfer, he's, like, falling down he's after releasing melty. his glass. And, yeah, the, his silver form is, like, melting off of him. My world. They also notice that underneath his silver form, he's not wearing his Zenlavian outfit anymore. Oh, right, because he doesn't have that anymore. Good catch there, Aubrey. Oh, nice. My world, as it was, is gone. In my final thoughts, I try to remember it, but I can't. It took all my power cosmic and a little more. Hope you can. And I love this, like, uh, he's like, forgive me, Don. The vision is just like, I got him. All the flying. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all going in there to catch him. I all think that's a really heroes. sweet moment. It is sweet. Yeah. yeah. All, all the heroes that can fly are all going after him. Aw. My sensors aren't gaining anything. Vision, Iron Man ass, the same. There are no life signs. I regret to say, Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer, is dead. Oh, shit. The end. Oh, yeah. no. So, yeah, that's where we're going to end here. So it kind of ends on a cliffhanger for the citizen of Earth. I mean, obviously, there's many more issues in the omnibus. <laughs> so, you know, spoiler alert. I don't think the third issue of the relaunch is going to be the last issue. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, what do you guys think? I love this. It's so old school and goofy and wonderful. It's just excellent. When I was reading this last night, it was like, it was kind of like just like a, a breath of fresh air of like, it's it's fun, it's zany, it's wacky, but it's also very well written. Well done, right? Yes. I think Dan Slott and Mike Alrad just really capture the goofiness and the fun and the exciting nature of the comics. Agreed. I mean, because I guess you could do this in like movies and TV, but it, it, there really wouldn't be enough audience to get canceled before it was, you know, <laughs> even a thing. And so it's just nice to be able to see just it's just weird goofy ass shit that goes on in right. but like you said it is well written and yeah. there were parts of it that I was like oh that's very the yeah. lines are very thoughtful and it's very and it's very thought provoking um a lot of the content yeah. i also and... like that they're not these people are not afraid to make a comic for all ages any yeah. one could yeah. read this fucking comic like you know you could be 8 years old you could be 50 years old and i think that any age group can enjoy this comic and i i I think that's wonderful. I love that. I, I love that they didn't shy away from that because I imagine that's probably that that could present a challenge. But they yeah. they've done it wonderfully. It's really you know they're not making it too fucked up or gory or or whatever. But they're also not making it like yeah. intolerable for an adult to read to their child. I could see a a family reading this together and enjoying it. Right. Yeah. I I also really enjoy the character of Don Greenwood, and it's like. I guess after 50 years of stories with the surfer, um, taking the time to pair him with like a normal human who's never been anywhere and just getting him to try to appreciate the simplicity of life that you can do, you know, it's like going to see the, the sea lions and the listen to some lady play the harp and just eat right. like, crap, crappy candy off a piece of paper. <laughs> the beauty of those moments is that they're experiencing yeah. those moments together. And that's exactly. what she keeps trying to get him to understand that it's the experience of, of having these adventures and experiencing these, these things, these sounds, these sights, these tastes, all of that yeah. is the fact that they're doing it together is what makes yeah. it magical. And he's just like, yeah, I mean, I've seen seals. 
<laughs> She's like, no, but that's our that's my, that's my friend right there. You know, Jerry. like that's Jerry. Yeah, that's Jerry. And uh, so it's. <laughs> I thought that was really beautiful, and they they're always weaving these gorgeous character-driven narratives throughout these fantastical, yeah, just yeah. wacky adventures, and it's a beautiful combination. And like you said, I mean, obviously the colors and yeah. everything comes together. Oh yeah, to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fabulous. It's the writing, the art, the colors. Book, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's it's beautiful to look at. It's fun to read. It's just everything about it is just great. It's whimsical. I like. Um, we've had a couple stories where they incorporate other Marvel characters. Right. We had one where they incorporate Doctor Strange and the Hulk. That's remember? fun. And That's they fun. and they always do it in a way that harkens back to the old comics. Yeah, it's always old like school. these goofy scenarios, like. All the Avengers come in and they get to, turned into Zen Lavian Avengers. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then they're, awesome. they're they're in these pink and purple, hyper colored co- the Jack Kirby esque costumes, and it's like, I love that. You it know stimulates what I mean? your like, imagination. As a child, yeah. you would read that comic and you yeah. would go draw pictures of like, oh, what would um, their costumes look like if they were this kind of yeah, hero or yeah. whatever? And that's, I mean, that's that's amazing. That brings you right back to what made you fall in love with comics as a kid. Yeah, so I, I think that that is really cool. Like, when they do incorporate the other heroes, it, it doesn't automatically bring the surfer into the modern, serious yeah. Marvel comics. It, it brings <laughs> it bring, them it, in, <laughs> into his goofy world yeah. or whatever. Yeah. This, this Jack Kirby-esque, uh, you know, um, retro. I don't know what it is that they're doing, but it's wholesome. It's, and it's yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's It's really good. Yeah. And like I don't I'm not sure because I haven't read a Spider Man in a while, but this might actually be my favorite um, Dan Slot comic. Oh, oh wow, nice. I, I think by the time we get to the end of it, you'll have solidified that that inkling. <laughs> but uh I also like how all of the Dan Slot Mike Allred uh Silver Surfer run that we've read, they're constantly also weaving in all of these what would you do if you you know, all these oh, narratives right, of like yeah. makes yeah. you want make really makes you think, you know, kind of stuff of, Yeah. you if you had to make a choice what why would you make the choice that you're making and what are the, you know, weighing them up against each other? Well, if you chose this, it would be like this and whatever. And you'd have to think about it and all these things. And it makes me want to put myself in these scenarios and use my imagination and think to myself, if I was on a journey with a silver surfer, if I saw all the music and art being stolen by aliens, or if I saw superheroes coming in and they're all of a sudden they had different costumes, you know, it really makes you want to be a part of, this world and you yeah. think about it a long time after you're done reading it and that to me is what made me interested in comic books in the first fucking place yeah yeah and that's it 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 takes everything wonderful about those classic comics but yeah. it, but it leaves aside everything that was kind of like all right about them well, you know all the tedious stuff that we yeah. had to slog through to kind of get through those stories is not there it's got a modern approach to a classic yeah, old school comic feel. But I think a lot of that is like Aubrey was saying, Don Greenwood, that character. Right, she's a point of view character, and we were just bashing yeah. how much we hate that. We were just saying how much we they've hate done that, it, and they've, they've done, done it. it. Oh my god, they you did know it. What I mean, like they did the it. The one example, excuse me, <laughs> the, the one example that I can think of, the one example I can think of is Don Greenwood. Yeah, I mean that has been incredible. That I actually care for. Um, yeah, but they've also well, they they also stuck. I mean they stuck with it for. I mean at this her, point yeah. it's they been twenty something she's issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, she may be a quote-unquote point-of-view character, but she's also written very well, and I think a lot of point-of-view characters are just... Oh, not... yeah. They don't give a fuck <laughs> right, most yeah. of the time, and it's yeah. obvious. You can tell. 
that they just didn't give a sh- they were like yeah we gotta have a guy that's like a vehicle yeah. for the right plot right. and uh you know just stick him in there and it's just like fuck anything else anything else you want to say about the comic or anything i can't wait to read more of it so yeah i mean uh so we're gonna take a break next week we'll be back at the hellboy book club but when we come back over here we'll do issues four through six and we'll wrap All up right. the citizen of earth uh storyline um so awesome um, I'm excited to hear what you guys thought. Uh, thanks for all the listener feedback. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. That was Silver Surfer, Citizen of Earth Part 1. I really enjoyed that. We all really enjoyed that. And we want to hear what you thought. Send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback team. Thank you, Paul. And our thank you, Only Beast, for the opening and closing theme. You're welcome. And Ross and Matt for the uh, logos and uh, banners. There you go. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us a five-star review. Uh, everybody that helps. And if you're enjoying the podcast, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. We'd love to hear from them, and we'd love to hear from you. Do it. Um, next week, like John said, we're going back over to the Hellboy Book Club podcast, where we'll be reading Hellboy, the Silver Lantern Club. So you guys know what to do. Pull out those trades, floppies, digitals, and join us next week over at the Hellboy Book Club, and back here in two weeks for Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Natasha Leo. <laughs> and I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, uh, you made a Jerry the Seal sound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs>